Welcome to the How Soccer Explains Leadership Podcast, where we explore leadership principles through the lens of the beautiful game. Welcome back to How Soccer Explains Leadership. We are, again, we're in another offseason. And so Paul and I enjoyed, and we, we've heard some good feedback from, from you folks out there that you enjoyed our last offseason talk. So we thought we'd do another couple off-season talks and maybe bring it into the new year as well, but we're definitely going to do a couple off-season talks to round out 2021. I'm Phil Dark, your host, and with me is my co-host and brother-in-arms, and now he's just like in his off-season, first off-season for a very long time where it's really an off-season. So how are you doing, Paul? Doing well. It is a, a very different off season for sure. It's, it's normally a downtime, the normal fall season and ramping up into recruiting, but now obviously not doing that. So yeah, it truly is a, an off season and trying to focus in on, on what's coming next, but it's been some great time with the, the family the last couple of weeks for sure. Yeah. And, and for those of you who don't know what the heck we're talking about, cause you just saw this title of off season talk rec soccer and you're like, Oh, cool. Paul, if you go back to last week's episode, I was able to do an exclusive. I'm going to remind you again, it was an exclusive interview. <laughs> Maybe the only exclusive interview we ever do on How Soccer Explains Leadership with Paul. And if, you, if you've interviewed with somebody else, Paul, don't tell me because then I'm telling the truth. Yours was exclusive. Okay, you were okay. the exclusive interview. Okay, good. But he talked about his stepping down from his head coaching position at Baylor over, I mean, almost almost two decades. It was really 14 years, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm going to say almost two decades. Round um, up. So, but just great, great career and just making a step. And I'll let you listen to that to get all that info about why and what's going on and all that stuff. Because Paul was really raw and vulnerable in that. Because that's what we do here, and that's what we're going to do today, talking about this idea of rec soccer. And I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it back to you, Paul, to kind of introduce the topic, and then we'll, we'll we're gonna go for about you know 15 minutes or so today, so you guys can we could talk for hours as we could with pretty much anything, but at least I could. I mean, you'd probably go for a half hour, and then I just keep <laughs> talking, and you you go to sleep and stuff, and we just keep talking. But whatever, why don't you just kind of introduce the topic, and then we'll we'll go for it. Yeah, it just kind of came to mind from from one of our previous episodes that that you did, an interview you did, Phil, and you know your guest talked about getting to be an adult and working in his career now, and didn't play soccer for for much of his life, but did very early on in life. And the comment he made to you kind of stuck with me, and he said, you know, I wasn't wrecked mm-hmm. by my coaches, and that really hit me. I went actually went back and rewound it to make sure I heard him correctly, but it makes a lot of sense. You know, he was able to do things later in life because his coaches didn't wreck him with soccer. He still liked the game, didn't have a bad taste in his mouth from the game. And as I thought about that, I think at every level, there's a point where as coaches, uh, we have an opportunity to not wreck somebody's experience through soccer. So I think the topic or the title of this is wreck soccer. It's not just about wreck or select or college or pro at any level. Coaches, we have to be careful not to wreck someone's experience with soccer uh, because it's such a, an amazing sport and a lot, some great things can be learned from it. I just wanted to kind of riff with you a little bit today on not really going through the negative side of what are things that can wreck uh, a kid's experience or a person's experience with the game. Although I'm sure we'll touch on some of it because you've got to compare and contrast, but mm-hmm. I want to talk about the things that are the positive things that keep kids from being wrecked. Some obvious low hanging fruit for me would be 
just that positive coach, you know, the one that's looking to encourage. And of course, things are going to vary from levels. Well, let's start with the young kids. You know, let's do it by young kids. They're just getting introduced to the game. With my kids, you know, I'll, I'll say this. With me and Marcy, we've been able to coach at every level. We've coached youth. We've coached collegiately. Our own kids are playing recreational soccer. They've been coached by us. They've been coached by others. So we've seen a lot of different things, whether it's on the, our sidelines or the sidelines of others. And I feel like the, the kids that are coming through that are having the best experiences have the coaches that are building more than just a soccer relationship, right? It's a personal relationship that is one of encouragement, but also training and learning. To contrast that, you've got the, the yellers and the screamers that are negatively pushing kids kind of the, the wrong way. And maybe that's what's wrecking kids and the dropout rates hitting around that 13, 14 year old. So, you know, kind of what are your thoughts on that? What have you seen in your experience? You know, Phil, you've got a bunch of kids too, and you've been at every, seen every level. And even you've got kids on the other end, your own kids are on the other mm-hmm. end of it now. But what are some of the positive things that you see that have kept your kids from being wrecked? Because your kids, you know, you've got a daughter who's been all the way through, played a bit in college, has that college experience. What kept her, what were the, the great things about the coaches that kept her competing all the way into the college ranks? It's interesting you, you phrased the question that way, because I was going to start by saying my oldest who went to college to play was wrecked. Mm-hmm. I, I vividly, I can close my eyes and picture her on the ground in a fetal position, not wanting to go to practice, yeah. literally. And I don't say literally to mean figuratively, literally in the fetal <laughs> position on the floor. Because again, I talk a lot about personality styles. Her personality style is not one that loves to be yelled at. And she doesn't get motivated by being yelled at and being demeaned and being like put in this cauldron of you have to be in this cutthroat competition to thrive, you know, and that's why I do law school interviews and it's not just soccer, right? There are law schools that are cutthroat and they actually weed people out on purpose. They accept a ton and weed people out. And when I do my interviews for Vanderbilt, which is not that it's a very collegial environment. I tell the people, I say, look, if you're the type of person that thrives on cutthroat competition, this isn't the place for you. And if it's not, if, if, if you are like me, where you need a collegial environment, you're going to be competitive with yourself and you're going to demand excellence with yourself, then this is a place that you can thrive. So that's something that I say that and I use that example because there are some players who totally thrived in that situation that Malia left her on the fetal position on the floor, right? When we talk about rec soccer, there are coaches who only stay in one area, Mm. one personality style, theirs. They don't understand, right? And that old adage, most of the people I think who are wrecked by soccer coaches or whatever are the very people-focused people, Mm. particularly the ones who are more sensitive, but also the ones who need fun and, and whatever. But the, the reason being is, and, and also the, the C personality styles, which are focused on task and reserve, they're very hard on themselves too. But the people who are hard on themselves, then the coaches basically pile on to them. And so all of their insecurities, all their fears, all their negative self-talk is reinforced by these coaches and they're wrecked. So on the flip side of that, what can we do it's why I focus so much of DISC in, in the context of talking to coaches and coaching coaches. If they don't understand themselves and how they're perceived by others and they don't seek to understand the other, the other being the people that aren't like them, 
they're going to wreck people. And I think it's more and more and more important at every level. For the little kids, it's why we talk about just make it fun. Because little kids err on the side of, hey, let's just have fun because you have no idea who's going to enjoy the game and who's going to be good. So just have a fun time, right? The ones who are super competitive, they're going to get the ball and score 25 goals anyway, right? The other ones, hey, if they're ever going to have a chance to succeed in that game, you better you better make it fun. So that's kind of my – I don't want to talk the whole time, and we only have 15 minutes. So that's something that I've talked a lot about over the episodes. But mm-hmm. that for me – if there's one thing, like you say, what's the one thing? It's understanding self and understand the other so that you can make sure that you are coming in and engaging these players as they need to be engaged and not how you think you need to be engaged because they'll engage the same way. Right. Right. Well, right. I think that's, yeah. yeah, I think that's important. And I, I think we've talked a lot about that through a bunch of different episodes with different people. And I think maybe the assumption can be, well, at a, at a high level, you've got these kids taking these assessments and disc, disc assessments and all these different things to find out the best way to communicate with them. But it really does filter down to the younger kids. Mm-hmm. I won't say more importantly, probably just as important to be able to engage with them. And I think as a, when you're coaching young kids, part of the first thing you do on the first day of practice is you're trying to pinpoint kind of what you just said. Who's the kid who loves being out there just wants to score a ton of goals. And who's a little kid that's out there because his or her best buddies out there, mm-hmm. and they're just going to stand over on the sideline and chit chat. And figuring that out, you know, in our Warrior Way program, we see that across every age group from two year olds up to the 13 year olds, those different dynamics of the different levels of kids, not only soccer skill, but what's their, what is their personality style? And it's interesting even watching our coaches who are also training these, these young coaches in these environments too, of pulling guys and girls aside and saying, hey, you're not really connecting with this group very well, maybe one or two kids. Why is that? And kind of hitting those hot buttons of, hey, Johnny wants to run away because you're on his case a little bit because he didn't dribble correctly. Well, he just wants to follow his buddy around. He wants to get to the end of the line and score a goal. Right. You know, let him do yeah. that. And then yeah. maybe he'll come back around and do something better as opposed to trying to force that square peg into the round hole and never getting the result that you want. How do you massage that by learning that kid's personality to eventually get that kid to be able to dribble properly or whatever the skill is you're teaching on the day. So you're right. But back to your point too, and we've talked about this as well. If you don't know yourself and you don't know your own personality style, you don't know how you're coming across to others. And that's one thing that I know we talk about disc a lot. That's your fault. We talk about disc a lot, but (laughs) since you came to Baylor and talked to us, I I learned a lot more about it. And was able to utilize some of that of like, okay, how does my personality relate to this other player's personality? And what are the best ways to communicate through that? And I think the more you, like, you don't have to be a disc expert mm-hmm. to analyze an eight-year-old, but I think knowing yourself and what, where you kind of, how you communicate to different people is really important in yeah. not wrecking a kid's experience at whatever level they're at, because you can even get the, the kid who trends to be a really, really good player, right? The kid who wants to score the goals and trends to be the most athletic and most into it. And they get to a point where they're wrecked because then the expectation is that they're always going to be the best player. Mm -hmm. Maybe they get to a point where that becomes too much pressure on them at a certain point. You know, how does that coach take on that responsibility not to wreck the really good players from, from trending out of the game as well? Yeah. And I, and I think on that point, you need to know your kids too. So for parents listening right now, 
know your kid. And don't go to the ECNL team or the MLS Next team just because you have the opportunity. Make sure your kid is ready for it. Make sure they have the maturity. Make sure that they're, if you go look at that coach and you see that that coach is the type that will ruin your kid because you know your kid and you know that coach. I'm not saying don't put kids into uncomfortable situations, but make sure your kid is ready for it. Otherwise, that could ruin the game for them. For Aaron Blue, who the one you referred to that said, I was not wrecked, that is the kind of the inspiration for this episode, he was on the spectrum. He was a kid who was staring at the sky, as he said. And he's like, and the coach just accepted him. And you can ruin it for that super driven person too by making it too much. Oh, let's just have fun and we're in la-la land and who cares? This, it doesn't matter about winning. We just don't care at all about winning, right? Like that may be okay when you're four. But if you're saying that when you're a high school team or a college team, you're not going to have any people who are driven for results, which is what's going to make a team push themselves to be better and to flourish, mm-hmm. right? So I look at it and go, coaches, I- I'm going to venture to say most coaches who are struggling with this episode <laughs> are going, oh, it's too touchy-feely and whatever. You're task-focused, okay? And I will say to task-focused coaches, John Maxwell's old adage, I think he stole it from somebody else, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. People over process. Those things are said to the task-focused people and the task-focused leader because people-focused people don't struggle with those things. Mm-hmm. But I will say, if there's one thing, going back to knowing self, knowing others, this is absolutely related and part and parcel with the same thing. If there's one thing, it's to care about the people, understand your people, know your people. And I see the coach that thrives the most with, with my kids at least. And he's been the coach through all of them. There's two of them, but they're, they're both SC personalities. They're both people focused, reserved. They are empathetic. They care deeply about these kids to the point where we were talking to one of the coaches about our kid who's the high I goofball. He's struggling in school. He's super smart, but he's getting like C's and B's. And in fifth grade, and I'm like, dude, you're beating high school and college kids in chess. I know you're smart. Right. Right. It's not an intelligence thing. It's a he's bored and he doesn't care. He saw his C's. He's like, oh, that's pretty good. I'm like, no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> right. He would never accept that in soccer, but the, the coach cares enough to say, if he doesn't get his grades up, he's sitting the bench. And he didn't get his grades up. And he said, all right, he needs to come this Saturday and sit in the bench on his street clothes. Because he knows, he knows Justin and he knows that that is going to bug him more than anything because he cares about what, his people, what people think about him. Mm. He goes, can I just wear my uniform? Nope. Yeah, come in your street clothes because I know that's what's going to. So that's knowing yeah. him well enough to know that because some other kids are like, oh, who cares? No big deal. I'll just come and yeah. sit in my street clothes. Then we get back to that, you know, the coach that's task focused or oriented. One way that can help those coaches is to have someone come alongside them that's not that, not mm-hmm. that way. Because I think that's okay. You know, oh, there's so. plenty of successful coaches that that can, not that they don't care for the kids, but sometimes the task, what you're saying is the task gets in the way because that's what their mind is thinking of is the task is at hand. We've got to get to this. We've got to get this done. We're going to get there no matter what. But if they've got a, a team manager or another parent, then maybe I've seen it in, in the rec leagues where you've got the parent who's convinced to volunteer. They're happy to do it. All of a sudden they're task focused. They need that 
other team manager or another person to come alongside them to kind of not pick up the pieces as they go through. We're making them sound like awful people, but yeah. somebody can kind of come in and, and recognize like, hey, you know, things are okay or we need to pick up this or hey, recognize that Johnny's over there digging in the ground and he's crying because he kind of steamrolled through him on that last that last uh, thing. So let's go back and pick up the pieces. So, which I know most coaches that are doing that, it's not that they don't care about the kids. They absolutely do. And when told and when put it into focus, like, oh man, I can't believe I did that. You know, and yeah. most I think would go back and, and pick up the pieces. And I think that's important to have people alongside you that they can kind of pick up those pieces a little bit. I think Marcy and I are a, a good team in that our personalities are totally different. And we've been able to partner collegiately and, and with the youth that we're, we're working with now and the coaches, anybody we interact with, it's a good balance of having two different types of personalities, but being able to kind of be a check and balance for each other, if, you know, you miss this or you miss that. But I think a coaching partnership is great too. And again, we're not talking high level. This can be in the recreational leagues where you've got, a, yep. you know, two parent coaches that just can't be both task focused because right. I think there are a lot of kids that will get missed in, in that, in that scenario. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think both of them to the, on that same point, both of them shouldn't be people focused either. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. because then right. you'll miss the details and you'll miss the fundamentals. I mean, if I was doing it and I was coaching, I get bored doing the same, you know, the dribbling and the going through the, I'm like, okay, let's, can we just do something? Fun? Let's just scrimmage. But therefore mm-hmm. they don't know how to do that. Right. So, yeah. so it's critical to have both. And that's the high school I coach at. I mean, you had that at Baylor. The coach that I coach with is all task and I'm people and task, but I'm, I err on people and it makes a great team. We talk about it all the time. He loves the, de- he can run the same drill for the entire practice and it doesn't bother him. And they'll do it till we get it right. And then we see that come into play in the, in the game. And then I bring the fun and I bring the leadership development and I bring the disc stuff and I bring the people side. And if there's an issue and there, I see that he kind of said something that rubbed the kid the wrong way, I can come behind it and be like, hey, just so you know, like he does care. He cares mm-hmm. deeply because I talk with him about it. And, and he just sometimes doesn't know how to communicate it. And that's fine. So absolutely teamwork on the coaching staff teamwork to help you understand people teamwork to help you understand yourself. And that's what we're talking about here. Any closing thoughts, Paul? Yeah. I just think I would encourage some coaches that are listening to this might be a little uncomfortable. It hits, it hits to their core a little bit. That's great. You know, as coaches, we want to be challenged. There's, there's ways that I've been challenged over my career, but the best thing to do is then reach out from a resource standpoint and, and figure out ways to, if you, if this is striking a chord with you and you don't know where to go from here, feel free to reach out to either one of us. I know, Phil, I'm speaking for you, but definitely feel free to reach out to me just to talk through resources. I don't have all the answers, but I think that, you know, Phil and I could be great resources for anybody who's like, man, I've, I've picked up, I kind of got thrown into thrown to the wolves with this recreational team or even a select team maybe because you, you're the nice one who wanted to do it. And now you feel like, oh, what do I do? Hey, we'd love to be a resource for you to help help you maneuver that because, you know, great coaches are needed for sure. Absolutely. And if you're at a level yourself or you have the ability to do the disc training with your teams, I've done it with my daughter's 13-year-old team. I've done it, obviously, with college teams, with high school teams, and with organizations all around the world. So I would love to talk with you about that. A lot of some, you know, some of you are like, I don't have the resources for that. I get that. We also have this coaching the bigger game program that will incorporate all these things and a whole lot more on self-leadership and leading the individual, leading the team that we're going to be launching in uh, early 2022. So, and then Paul has a warrior way program as well, which is something that, you know, we're here to help people. 
and to help people flourish. That's what we want to do, and that's why we're doing this show. So with that, thank you, folks, for being a part of this show. Thank you for engaging it, and I love doing what I get to do, and I know Paul does too, and I just hope that you're taking everything that you're learning from this show, and we both hope this, and you're using it to help you be a better leader, to be a better spouse, to be a better parent, and that you're always using it to help you remember that soccer does explain life and leadership. Thanks a lot. Have a great week.